Learning new art that can only mean one thing the same old podcast. Mm -hmm. Anime was not a mistake, is back, and yes, we're watching anime yet again! We did it, Dan. Dan Ryan, my co host, as always, and me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, the one you tune in for. Fitting for the fall (laughs) season, uh, back when television existed, new season. Fresh start. Uh, mm, new beginnings. Yeah. Uh, same same beginnings. We but go to Johto. Yeah. yeah. Only with one Pokemon, we leave the good ones at Professor Oak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we call it a day. Um, but yeah. Mm. I mean, we are, we're going to we're gonna get back into a more chaotic anime mix, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, yeah. a good anime. Uh, yeah, for yeah, my, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you're bringing to the pot, but uh, oh, I mean, I'm ready. Yeah. More variants of... Yes, uh, yes. Some classics. Mm-hmm. Some new beginnings. Some wonder. Um, of course... Before we begin with our trek down Sailor Moon Part 3, just a reminder for our listeners, Dan Ryan, anything anime, movie, film, video game adjacent happen in your life this week? Um, nothing huge except for, uh, you know, for, uh, for a variety of reasons. I've mm. mostly turned to video games in the past week to kind of keep my mind busy. For Solus, yes. Um, and in doing so, I've continued playing Psychonauts. <gasps> Absolutely <gasps> loving it. Oh, so good. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's Quachamara! Gogalore, why? <laughs> you know, the fantastic level. I, now, I, when Dan texted me, is Quachamara what you always reference? And I went, yes. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and I, and I mean, for anyone not in the know, for the. Uh, 35 years that I've known Jonathan, uh, he's always said, Cochamera this, Cochamera that, and I'm like, are you... You're always uh, amused. (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll let him have his japes and fun. Are you, are you mispronouncing (laughs) Godzilla and Gamera to, 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 you know, get a rise out of me? No, no, no. But it was actually a reference to this game. The kaiju-themed level. Oh. Um, Lungfishopolis. A very fitting music the, uh, for the it. The Irish cop Lungfish. How you doing there? Top of the morning to you. <laughs> yeah, the, the revolutionaries and their pamphlets. Oh uh, they got to get cardstock for it. It's it, it was, you know, you know, again, like it had the the tanks from a kaiju movie. It mm. had the music from one. Yes. You know, it, it was the, the the radio tower. It was all done, uh, you know, just to chef's kiss. Mm. Um, but I am loving that game. Good. Again, I'm very late to the party, yeah. but I am loving that game. And just so. to interrupt you on like an applicable tangent, I mm. finished Psychonauts 2, and it's more of the same. It's like a delicious aperitif mm-hmm. to uh, the original Psychonauts. It feels a little bit shorter. Some of the minds, like when you showed up and you, I was playing on um, like the library level, I felt like, oh, is this a good show off of like Psychonauts 2 mm-hmm. as composed to the uh, compared to the original? And I feel like. Sir, when you get to the late game in Psychonauts 2, it's like, oh, I get where this is going, and there's not any of those surprises that we had in the original. Mm-hmm. But there is one level, the Psy King Sensorium, when you get to that in Psychonauts 2, that really is like the pinnacle of what this game should be. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It made me want a Psychonauts 3 immediately, which I'm sure after all the success and praise we'll get somewhere down the line. I just love these characters, I love their goofy settings, and I love exploring these brains because it's just a good way to handle emotions and stress. It's a a kind, peaceful, funny romp through the mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's certainly, I mean, with this sequel, it's back in, you know, uh, I don't know, the zeitgeist for a bit, Mm -hmm. so you can, uh, who knows, maybe this time it has more traction to keep the series going, so. Yes, 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 yes. Um, So Psychonauts? Uh, well, so, uh, for PlayStation folks, mm. they were giving out some free games this week, uh, and I don't take advantage of them a whole lot, but this week I did download Hitman 2, mm. 
I've been loving it. Yeah. Uh, did not expect it. Like, I, I mostly saw, like, Oni plays dicking around in that <laughs> game. It, yes. And I'm like, this looks like a, you know, graphically really cool game, cool setup, a lot of stealth and problem solving. So I, uh, I downloaded it, and it is a great time killer. It mm. is pun not, I don't know, intended, but... <laughs> He's Agent 47 and his impeccable acting skills. Yeah. Uh, he blends into any role that's needed. I will inhabit the chicken costume. I will become the chicken. Yeah, and he, you know, it's uh, he's dressed up as like a shaman. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the spirits are free. And, and everyone's just like, oh, convincing. So it's, it's I like... Mean, <laughs> what I wouldn't give to be an NPC crowd member in that game. Yeah. <laughs> just bustling about with my balloon. Yeah. <laughs> as you slightly jostle me. Yeah, and, and, and no one notices until you, yeah, it, you know, you yeah. have to blatantly... Oh, yeah, there's a murder going on! Like, if they see you drop poison into something, they'll be like, wait a minute, <laughs> those cheekbones aren't right, and then they'll, they'll like... But I love it, it, it it's it's like a goober spy, you know, assassin, mm-hmm. you're playing through, like, a movie. Uh, again, late to the game on that one. Yeah, and there's so uh, many. Yeah. You can uh, keep on going. Some better than others, but... You can keep replaying them. Like, you can just keep replaying and coming up with goofier ways to eliminate the targets. targets. So it's... I just... uh, The last one I played through was, like, the Bollywood level, where you gotta, like, you know, go through, like, an active film set, Mm -hmm. and this director who's who's a douchebag is is up to no good, so you gotta take him out. Mm. And there's all these... Seemingly all these ways that they're, like, referencing throughout the level. Like, oh, these explosives throughout the... The place are, are we don't wouldn't want anyone to hit that button, yeah. you know, and it, and it's like okay, so yeah. I can come back and do that again and put this Marilyn Monroe outfit to the side, and then Agent Forty Seven eyes it, hmm. and <laughs> perhaps then, you know he's got to disguise himself as like the manager of like a laundry <laughs> like area, and and she's like, oh, so what are your qualifications to be the manager? Well, I'm tough. <laughs> and I always get my man. It's like, hmm, that's not suspicious. Yeah. I think you'll work out for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. He's just wearing sunglasses and a hat. So. Toss him in the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I love it. I wasn't expecting to, but I it, it ended up being a sleeper hit for mm. me so far. Yeah. So. Another um, common thread for us, because Life is Strange True Colors came mm-hmm. out, where young Alex Chen moves to Colorado. And it is as goober and goofy, but somehow relatable as always. Life is strange. It's always the lowest stakes, but the highest emotion. Yes. Which, if you don't like, I understand. But it's been around since the first game. I haven't played Life is Strange 2, even though I hear that's kind of like the, you know, the kind of the divergent path of this series. And uh, True Colors is kind of back to the original setting and motif of it all. I'm kind of loving it. I think on a next-gen system, it really works out, even though it's honestly just choosing options and exploring different, like, oh, that's someone's uh, tearaway ad for their band. I'm going to comment about this. Yeah. It... It's just quirky, smooth, emotional fun. It's like melodrama, a soap opera, uh, where you move to this Colorado town, someone meets an unfortunate end, I'm not going to say when or how, but in Life is Strange, it's guaranteed to be almost a stupid way. It's like, oh, I'm walking on the train tracks. (gasps) A train? I would have never expected one. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) My God. Max, help me! Train! Fucking Chloe, always dying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, I, I mean, we've talked about it before. We we're getting that ported, like the remastered version. We're getting a version. series, dear. Yeah, so we're getting a live action series. It was a good time to be a fan of that. Yeah, I still love that. Like that was that was one of those games that you tossed me, and mm-hmm. I I loved that. Like I played that and Oxenfree right uh, one after the other, Gorgie. and they were both uh, 
fun I don't know. Yeah, they, and I think Firewatch too. Wow. I played them like in succession, and then yeah. it was like, this is nice. <laughs> Exploring your emotions with Dan yeah. Ryan. Yeah, love to see it. But I, I think it's good. I'm almost halfway through. I kind of. I mean, they, they said we're going to release all the episodes at once instead of giving them out over time, as they did with the first games. And mm-hmm. I kind of liked that episodic format, because it's like, every few weeks you would be like, oh, there's a new episode to play. I'm going to sit down for two to three hours and beat this. Yeah. Um, but they did give us the whole cake. I just have to take my time taking it piece by piece. Oh, they did? They, yeah, they, they, they did. gave you okay. the whole cake okay. this time, okay. instead of just episodes by the week which is interesting i know there's some dlc coming that explores like uh, a girl's backstory that connects to life is strange before the storm and then Mm -hmm. we have that remake coming a few months or a month or two from now yeah of the first one which i will go back and play because that is definitely like high gooberness Mm -hmm. that i love to see um but yeah life is strange true colors check it out it's fun goober but fun yeah Mm. anything else do you um, I'm trying to think over... We did get the first episode of Pokemon Evolutions. Yes, I uh, saw. A beautifully animated. Leon! Leon and Charizard. Yeah. Uh, I think we also got another Poketunes with Gengar. Oh, adorable. Everyone's favorite. Like, they incorporated the, uh, the, the default ghost sprite from Gen 1 mm. as to how the, the youngins see Gengar, so mm-hmm. that was cute. Um, again, as I've said, really hope they keep going on all fronts with that. Like, I think giving more people the chance to explore the series animation-wise... Like, different animators, different creators, I think, is can only benefit yeah. the series. Those tunes. And I mean, this is the high-quality animation that uh, Twilight Wings, I think it was called. Yeah. And then Generations gave us, which is what we all want to see. Yeah. I wish there were full episodes instead of seven minutes. Yeah. But I get it. They're trying to tell a story. Every week or so, they're going to go to a different region and give us another thing. I think next is uh, Hawaii region. Alola. Alola, yeah. Alola. Yeah. Yeah. Um, With Lily and Lunala. That'll be good. Yep. Um, I don't know if there was any other big things. Oh, I've got a few. Well, the first uh, is my controller died. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I hate to bring things into this world full of tragedy, but how I suffered for two days. And Dan's like, is it under warranty? I'm like, I don't know, but I won't get a controller back if I send it in. Just buy a new one. What do I save my money for? That is surprising. I don't know. It was drifting, and then, you know, I smacked it around a bit to try and fix the drift, and that was not the option to take. I said it there. It it was drifting? Yeah. Yeah. The left stick was drifting. I don't know what I use it for. I assume it was Neo The World Ends With You that does it, but... I I, I don't... Was I I going too hard? If it could happen to you, it could happen to to anyone, anyone, apparently. (laughs) So, there was that, but um, I did not get to Tales of Arise yet, because Mm -hmm. they delayed my cuppy, but... I'm telling you, Namco Bandai got their shit together. They gave me a free digital. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting, waiting for this day. I need to sit down, have my tea, and get ready for another 70-plus hour RPG that apparently is selling like hotcakes and is the best that the Tales series has ever been. Yeah. Which I am very happy to join along on this crazy train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of games, are, like, they're hitting that marketing stride just right, where mm-hmm. each new installment is, like, blowing up yeah. in ways that, I don't know, maybe a few years ago they wouldn't have. Mm. But if I don't know, it feels like that keeps happening. Although it's a good thing. So, yes, yeah. yes. And then finally on the docket, HBO Max gave me a pleasant Halloween scare-tastic, scare-tactic-stastic surprise uh, in James Wan's Malignant. Of course. Oh my god, Dan. So how to describe this movie before I strap you down after the podcast and we watch it for the third time in two days? Ooh. I... 
I think this is my new go-to horror movie. Ooh. James Wan, you know, he's kind of hit or miss with me. He had Insidious, of course Saw, Dead mm-hmm. Silence, Aquaman, yes, which Aquaman, was yeah. the roughest of the rough. Mm-hmm. But James Wan, and I've seen polarizing thoughts either way on this film, that either it's so bad it's bad or so bad it's, like, brilliant. Yeah. The theory going around is that James Wan had all these multi-million franchises, and he asked for one B-movie, and they said, sure, do whatever you want, and he made the perfect... It's like a hidden early 2000s horror Mm B-movie that has just been rediscovered. You dusted off the VHS, the DVD, and you popped it in. And it's glorious. It's yeah. got bad acting. It's automatically, from the start, a camp cult classic. It is so camp, you better be making s'mores when you're watching it, Dan. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm hearing. It, that, I, I mean, yeah. I'm interested. Well, I'm, I mean, you know. like I said, I will strap you down, and we will, we will go malignant again. But it's two hours. You're watching it. You're like, is this supposed to be bad on purpose? Does James Wan know? And James Wan knows. He knows exactly what he's doing because the last 30 minutes of this movie are the most balls-to-the-wall moment that I've seen since Hereditary. Mm -hmm. And Hereditary got me good, as you know. Ari Aster, all that that jazz. I loved it. That was a good movie-going experience. Now, as if you want to see it in theaters, because it is getting a theatrical run or for free on HBO Max, if you have an HBO Max subscription... Um, that's kind of pick your own thing, but I had a blast. And one thing that I have to say is do not read any reviews. Go into this blind. Mm -hmm. If I beg you for anything, go into it absolutely blind and don't be a buzzkill about it. Just stay for the ride because it's, it's well, like, it's crazy that this has like a, it has like a 30 on Rotten Tomatoes. And, like, there's some proponents on the internet that are like, no, they're wrong. Well, I, because I was, that's what I was going to to bring into the discussion. Um, because I've seen that polarizing, like, like, I, I think, wasn't it that the, the, critical score is, like, high, but then the audience one is, is low. Yeah, the opposite of a Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. The true horror movie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh. Is that out? It came, It premiered at TIFF and the critics tore it apart. Uh, yeah. I mean, the audience will probably be like, oh, it's sad, but I got to live, Dan. Um, well, good. Yeah. Uh, but the... Um, but yeah, so why why do you think that is? Why do you think... Well, that- I could see, like, there's some commergence commergen- com- among us that would be like, oh, this is just a schlocky horror movie for no reason. But it does things that if you are a fan of horror, especially older B-movie horror... Mm-hmm. That you're like, oh my god, he is like poking at the genre, and it's beautiful. It's like very well shot. It's a James Wan movie, yeah. so it has like beautiful lighting in it. The score is like a bop. It's like an 80s, 90s, 2000 style bop. He's referencing Jalos from Italy. It, the acting is horrible, but they know that the acting is horrible at the mm-hmm. same time. It It's so hard to explain, and... I mean, you just have to stick it out to the end. Like, I haven't seen a movie that I was, like, immediately, like, this is so bad, it needs an immediate sequel right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I would watch two more hours of this immediately if it existed. Yes. So, I mean, nothing but my highest praise. It's, like, the new new thing on the block to talk about Malignant. I mean, I was just hooked. I saw that it was free on HBO Max. I said, let me give it a try. And I went away and said, oh, my God, I am so glad I watched that. Right. Which doesn't happen a lot. With especially subpar horror movies. And it's not subpar. I mean, I, I'm going back and forth, but just watch it. No, of course. Watch I, I mean, it, I, I, 
James Wan knows what he's doing. Like, as you said, he knows what he's... The, like, the Conjuring movies mm-hmm. uh, have been solid. Like, yeah. they, they're one of those things that have been going on in the background, even if people haven't paid as much attention to them, but I've never heard, like, a bad thing about any of the horror stuff that he's made. Mm. So he clearly has a feel for it, and if this is him getting to have fun in that sandbox, then by all means, that's... It's good to see, because mm. I'm assuming he, he went right from this into making Aquaman 2, so it would definitely feel like, can I take a breather to make, like, a a more, you know, personal project and then go back to the, the blockbuster stuff, so. Mm. It's good to see, it, it you is. know, that they're doing that. It is. WB doesn't, you know, it's good to see WB making smart decisions, yeah. so. It's a, it's a little reassuring. Mm. Um... Well, that's everything on my list in this short week. Well, I I, I did forget some biggins. Ooh. We got that PlayStation Presents. Oh, yeah. You know, M- Mark and you were like, mm. I like superheroes. It's Star I, I Wars. Get, yeah, I get Star Wars. I get Spider-Man. I get Wolverine. Yeah. What about Jonathan? <laughs> what does Jonathan get, huh? Jonathan gets nothing. Do I get to see Deathloop for the 15th time in three months? Oh, no. <laughs> all these wieners. No, yeah, yeah, it's just, uh... I get no RP- I get that stupid dragon Square Enix RPG. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I was in New York, and now I'm in a fantasy world. Not... Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just happy you're happy, I say, through gritted teeth again. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, uh... I mean, it's one of those things where everything that you're seeing is still, like, two or three years off. Mm-hmm. I know Spider-Man 2 isn't going to be until, like, 2023, they said. Mm-hmm. And Knights of the Old Republic, they flat out said, like, don't expect anything <laughs> for a while. But it's confirmed. It's happening. Um, I, I, you know, I got those chills when Darth Revan... <laughs> They're multiplying. You know, he showed up. <laughs> or she showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, you know, it, it's a it's a... It's a changing thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm just thrilled because it's gonna be it's gonna be a ma- it's it's such a a massive yeah. lore rich RPG that that I think even you no would I, enjoy Spider-Man if, gets if a pass for me. Yeah. I like Sp- I like Spider-Man, so he's fine. Yeah. I play the old video games. He's fine. It's all these other. It's every game's a superhero game now. Yeah. Every movie's a superhero movie. Every game's a superhero game. What if I don't like superheroes? What if I don't like Karmic Burks? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was... I think that one studio that does things like that is responsible for both Spider-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, and then that Wolverine game. Mm-hmm. And people are concerned that they've been turned into a studio that just does that now. Yeah. And I, I don't know how founded those fears are. Um... Because I'm still kind of iffy on that Guardians game, but it, it, uh, like, I think Wolverine would lend himself better to, like, an action adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, but Spider-Man, like, I, the, the first one was, was an amazing game. Um, but no, I, obviously Star Wars was the big takeaway. Yeah. And obviously we got God of Dad 2. Yeah. Ragnarok. Um, we got, uh, uh, uh like, post-prime chubby Thor that everyone was mad about. We got that Bayonetta knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is just Bayonetta. Where's Bayonetta 3? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, uh, I feel it. <laughs> winds in the east should direct some wind. <laughs> a direct's coming soon, Dan. I can feel it in my bones. Apparently a September has never passed without one, It'll so It'll be the I first. Yeah, I, <laughs> Let's I don't, not get our hopes up, though. I don't know. Yeah. Because they can, they can use, if they want to remember to buy Metroid Dread, and then they can oh. use that to funnel other Where they things. spoiled the entire game? Yeah. Again. Yeah. They never learn, do they? But still. Mm. Um... Obviously, the big thing was Star Wars. That that mm-hmm. that that had been rumored for a very long time. Which Mark was like, I knew about this. I'm like, okay, I didn't, because <laughs> I'm yeah. not a Star Wars person. Well, it was just it was just one of those things where it, it was it was always getting dropped in rumors, and then like industry people were like, well, I can't say if it's coming, and then mm-hmm. you know, so to to finally see like a logo for it is like it exists. It is you know in in some capacity it exists. Um, but I, I, I'm very excited for that, mm. however many years away that is. Um, but, no, it's good to see. Yeah. I mean, we got, like, that cute Moana-style game, which is, like, the closest thing that would come to, like, intriguing Jonathan. Yes. I don't even remember its name, that's how sad I was. So I was like, alright, I get nothing for Christmas. <laughs> so Dan gets everything again. But not this Christmas. It's gonna so. be a Grinch. That's what I'm gonna be. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know when Ragnarok comes out. I feel like that's next year. Mm. So, um, I mean, I'll get all the movies this November. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all I can wait for. Of course. Mm. Um, well, um, I have a tangent and you have a tangent. So who wants to go? Mine's short and sweet. If you have a, like a well thought out tangent, uh, then I, I mine's would. Mine's not well thought out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mine's not either. Yeah, but so. I feel like yours requires some thinking time. If you want me to, by all means. Mm, um, okay. I mean, we could both do them. Both? Uh, I, yeah, no sure. reason not to. Um, okay, well, mine was... Uh, we were coming off our bad movie viewing experience, The Sinister Six. Um, and your tangent last week was, you know, uh, sequels that you love and sequels that you wish didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And my tangent, very, very, very blunt, um, a, a sequel that shouldn't exist... But you're fascinated that it does. Mm. So uh, it's it's an abomination, but you can't help but but stare mm-hmm. at it. Yeah, the first one that comes to my mind is Jaws: The Revenge. Yeah, yes, Jaws two. Yeah, I yeah. I actually have a soft spot for Jaws two. Um, I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I think it's quirky and stupid that these teens go on a raft off an island and then get terrorized by the same shark from before mm-hmm. that blew up in the original. And it's not in the source material. I just like that. I think that Jaws 2 gets harped on. Um, there was another horror movie that I was thinking about, and I'm trying to recollect on it, so if it comes to me during this conversation, but I was definitely thinking about it after I brought up that tangent last week, that I was like, fits in this genre that yeah. you just so happened to brought up, so if I search for a while, um, as you talk, don't think I'm not listening. Well, the Jaws franchise is, is always, you know, Jaws 2, Jaws 3D, mm. with the... Uh, the um, like SeaWorld place getting attacked and then Jaws the Revenge which was the voodoo shark stalks the Brody family to like Hawaii I think yeah or, or I, I believe because Michael Caine was in that oh and that's, yes he that's, drives he pilots the plane the helicopter yeah and that's end. that's the famous like you know why were you in this like oh money dear boy mm-hmm. uh, Jaws the Revenge was awful but it bought me a house so he, that was where that came from um I think also the shark roared in that one. Uh, yes. Which sharks uh, cannot physiologically do. <laughs> um, but what what made me want to bring this up was because uh, 
I saw it referenced in a few jokes over the week. Uh, Son of the Mask. Which, which you, I yeah. told you not to think about that film ever again. Because uh, you guys uh, watched it on your podcast. No, I don't think we did. You didn't? I don't think we did. Well, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. We I think should. it was brought up in passing. I shot that idea down. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> that's... Um, because every time I, I think back to that movie, it is just one of the most awful spectacles that I think, you know, the movie industry has produced. But still, it's like, how else was this gonna go? Like, how else was, like, a, a cash-in to a Jim Carrey movie, you know, made 10 or 15 years after the fact going to go? And it's like, Jamie Kennedy in a with special effects that look worse than the movie that came out 10 years before it. Um, it's a very, I don't know, soulless, bizarre <laughs> plot. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing that always that people always uh, clown on is like the, the Halloween party scene mm -hmm. where he walks in and he's like, I can't get my mind off of you or whatever. And it, it's just the most awkward, you know, like people had to show up and do this mm. kind of things and it's it, it, it is I, the, the boxing match with Alan Cummings at the end yes. you know where he farts on him uh. just, just everything everything is and there's like I think one of the Farley brothers is playing like a plays like a cartoonist mm -hmm. in it and he's like you showed up at the party and did some some zany things that makes you a good cartoonist so <laughs> it, it, the, the whole there's just so many things structurally wrong with that movie that it's... I don't know, maybe that'll be a Sinister Six pick. Oh. If it's not, if it's not stepping on the toes of your of, of your other podcast, I will, no. I will bring it and put that in the pot. If uh, I mean, don't reveal too much, Dan. You know, God help me you know, uh, if I have to find a copy of that somewhere, but mm. I'm, I'm sure it's somewhere, but it, it's... I don't know. I do think about it often. I'm trying to think. I think maybe it might have been Poltergeist 2, but I, I like that, even though it's a completely different movie than what they were trying to make. Yeah. And I, I think I might have brought that up on the podcast before, but I have a feeling it wasn't Poltergeist 2. It was another horror franchise. It just slipped my mind. I don't understand. I'm looking through everything. I mean, of course, we've got a... Uh, Troll 2 on the list because it's not related to anything. Yeah. yeah but that's so yeah. bad it hurts. Jaws 2. I, I can't remember. Exorcist 2, which should not exist. But without it, maybe we wouldn't have gotten Exorcist 3, even though Exorcist 3 should have been Exorcist 2. Yeah. I well, could be here all day. Well, that's the point. It's like, they shouldn't happen, but they're they're a spectacle. Like, I, I would classify most of the Tremors sequels. Yeah. I only remember Tremors 1 because it had Reba in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah, and um, that single um, mama works real hard because because Tremors is is a quality movie. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a solid recommendation, and even maybe two, like because they they keep adding like I think in two they the the graboids start flying. Mm -hmm. That was the shtick, but then you know that that's one of those series that again kept going with no one paying attention to it mm -hmm. to the point where they started putting them like direct to to sci fi channel. Oof. They they did that with Lake Placid also. Yeah. I, so I gotta, I, you know, I would classify most of those in this category. Like, they definitely shouldn't exist. They add nothing, but Sci-Fi Channel made a lot of those. <laughs> they made, like, three Lake Placid sequels. They made three Anaconda sequels. Oh, Anaconda. So good. They they made a Lake Placid versus Anaconda movie. Um, <laughs> Which will win the lake. <laughs> yeah, because, again, Lake Placid is not lake the name. It's not the name of the crocodile. The, the, the big crocodile just lives in Lake Placid. It's not... 
Why would they call it Lake Placid if there's a giant crocodile living in there? Well, I don't think it even is Placid. Like the like because it, it's in it's in like Black Lake because uh. they said they say that in a movie, so the title was just like a, a reference to like a hokey vacation spot, hmm. but. So at no point is anything named Lake Placid. They just, but he fights the he fights the anaconda, mm. and then they have like hybrid babies Ooh. that I don't know if that led into a sequel or not. Um, but all of those, yeah. yeah. So well, those all... are prime material. If for it that. comes to me over the passing weeks, I'm telling you, one day it's going to be like, oh, why didn't I say it? It was right there at the tip of my tongue. I can't for the life of me remember. I like had a perfect one. Oh, it was Pet Cemetery 2! Yeah. Pet Cemetery 2! <laughs> it comes to me at the last minute. Um, because the famous potato truck death scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love the original, I think it's Mary Zimmerman that directed the first one and like did it so well. And then Pet Cemetery 2 came along and it was just like, what the fuck is going on? My mom's an actress. She died. I'm gonna bury this person in the pet cemetery. Yeah gonna bury my big dog in the pet cemetery i'm gonna bury is it gary Busey or is it gary Busey look-alike that's like the police chief in that that's abusive Jake Busey? it might be that he gets buried and he comes back as the evil stepdad mm. oh oh well that should definitely be in the pot then yeah oh my god for sinister six i can't believe it was like a memory opened up for me the last second of this tangent yeah. it was pet cemetery too dan as long as you got the chakra flowing that it's... should not have existed but at the same time i'm kind of happy sad that it exists because it's more pet cemetery and it's schlocky king yeah. adjacent bullshit horror yeah. and anything that like kills a franchise temporarily yeah. leads to oh that new pet cemetery so. was not good yeah. with john lithgow it's still attempts, I guess. Mm, yeah, the, the IP is still alive, I, you know. Mm. Tricking into thinking it was a Mike Flanagan joint when it wasn't. Mm. <laughs> I always, I have been misquoted on my other podcast. Well, not misquoted, actually quoted. I was like, Mike Flanagan made it, Mike Flanagan. And then Matt turns to me and he's like, Mike Flanagan didn't make that movie, John. And I was like, <gasps> I've been, been tricked. I've been do 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 Grab my cloak and run downstairs. Yeah, yeah, good good tangent, Dan. Oh, thank you. I'll save mine for next week because God knows I'm always out of them. Okay. So I'll, I'll place that in the jar for later. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to continue on to the third part of a series that has been after my heart since we've started. Sailor Moon, the OG series. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though it's been 20 episodes or so since we've watched some Sailor Moon, what do you remember about standouts from this series? What are you expecting going in? Um, well, I know that so far Sailor Mars, Fire Shrine yes. Lady has Ray been my herself. favorite. Yep. Uh, she was my fave, uh, is my fave currently, mm. um, but I, I do just love the whole vibe of the series, like this, the Sentai yeah. team feel of it, you know, Monster of the Week, goofiness, uh, but with an overarching plot, mm-hmm. mysteries that have to be solved. I, I've been loving every second of it so far. So yeah. uh, I will say that the Sentai is more the next part that we're going to watch. Mm-hmm. That's when the series hits its stride in the Sentai department. This is more of a love story that wasn't in the manga yeah. <laughs> that the anime just invented to kill some time. Mm-hmm. But it's melodramatic. It's wonderful. It's fun. And we will meet a, uh, another best girl. My best girl. Another sailor? Oh, perhaps, Dan. Perhaps the best one of them all, and it'll be shocking, to say the least. Oh. Um, where we left off, of course, Nephrite stepped onto the scene to steal moon energy from Mommy Beryl. 
Uh, Rei had a date with Mamoru, Sailor Moon fell even harder for Tuxedo Mask, and Naru is enamored with Nephrite's human persona, despite his obvious evil leanings. Yes. So a lot has been going on, and today three of the four episodes will be focusing on Naru and her relationship with Nephrite. <laughs> now imagine if we were watching the dub that, the OG dub, that uh, Naru would have a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> Okay. And it'll make yeah. you picture this in a different way. Easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think it's fun, quirky schlock, and Sailor Moon is just right for the time. If you haven't seen the OG Sailor Moon, even though it's been out for 30-something years by now, oh. now's the chance to well, dive in with us. As we emphasize, nothing wrong with catching up late. Nothing, you, you can discover some amazing stuff if yeah. you dig through the archives, so it's, yeah. and this is this is included, so. Yeah. So I'll whip out my moon stick and point it at Dan. <laughs> oh no, I don't like that game. <laughs> and Dan screams, refresh! <laughs> and that's how we'll see you after the break, hopefully. Well, we're back, and I'm happy that I indoctrinated Dan into the Mako fan club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best girl. I do. I do. Well, I yeah. still, I still, you know, Ray is still yeah, the the. Mm. I think the fave. There's uh, still time. Because Fryer that. and ghosts, as Very, I explained. But you know, a lot of people think Ray is too hot-headed. <laughs> but no, I, I, I like the team dynamic that's forming. So. Mm. And I'm assuming we're still waiting on Venus to... Yeah, Venus is last to the party, and then we got a few outer senshi to check off the list, but that's not till much later. Yeah, well, Figure Arts has been uh, showcasing them recently, so mm. I have some idea. Also very cool. Yeah. But Mako's best girl, mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a fact. <laughs> we can't go back on that. Well, what did you think of these four episodes? It's really like a three-episode mini-arc and then one introduction. Um, well... They are very, very heartfelt. Mm -hmm. Like, they are, you know, that stretch where, an, you know, a sometimes goofy show will give you some real real feels, mm -hmm. I think. Um, like, it reminds me of, of how, I, like, I can see how the things that unfold in this series influenced things that came after it, mm -hmm. like with Steven Universe and everything, like how it handles, you know young love and and losing somebody and you know it, it there's all these echoes that i see in other places the the mimbos who make up the dark kingdom uh. so it you know there's all these tropes there that you know i i mean it was it was an interesting it was very interesting that they they put jupiter's introduction kind of smack dab in the middle of these and this ties into the manga too which we'll get to okay. in our drawing board that's incorporated throughout i forgot to say before we left for the break i usually mm. with the sailor moon episodes it's easier for me to just incorporate them in the episodes yeah okay so yeah. i mean so drawing board is posed ever ready to transform <laughs> with his moon stick <laughs> His moon stick, yeah. Oh, put your moon stick away, Dan. There are children present. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess if it's put in the context, I mean, it does... I, I guess it would make sense that the next episode would then show, you know, Mako some of her, like... Mm -hmm. Some of Usagi's positive qualities. Yeah. Um, So it does make sense. It was just, you know, like, uh, you pointed out that, oh, we're gonna 
we're gonna go on a little break for a second and then yeah yeah and yeah. then it's back to monsters of the week for a while yeah. until the end of the show but this is a good you know segue it's emotional i understand why they did it this is death that's coming up was like oh that's the first time anime really did that aside from like dragon ball z that mm-hmm. i remember yeah. so like i was like oh it's kind of crazy that they killed off a character so early on this is yeah. episode 23 24 so yeah and even in dragon ball it was you know they'd come right back yeah this is not the except case except for like a handful of them yeah because i think grandpa gohan was off screen so it was yeah so i would imagine that many youngins watching this back in the day would have had the boohoos yeah <laughs> well let's get into the plot shall we we have episode 23 wish upon a star naru's first love to which i say nothing better than watching sailor moon with a few of your bros and beers with a title like that am i right or am i right man? a romance scam. yeah a romance scam that's every episode of our podcast <laughs> can you tell i wrote this script myself uh naru is just straight chilling alone at the neighborhood pool thinking of uh sanjuin slash nephrite and I have to point out that there's a vast age difference. Nephrite is a grown man, and she yes. is a middle school student. Yes. And uh, I could do my favorite of this was a different time, but it's still a little bit put-offing when you're, you know, yeah. watching it nowadays. Well, it was the 90s. It, was, it wasn't It was that mm. long ago. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't, like, decades. The 1890s. Was, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it is, it is uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, of course, Usagi ruins a perfectly good romantic fantasy... Naro knows what it's like to be a grown-up in love now because she too is grown-up and in love now. Usagi has digs on both Tuxedo Mask and Matoki, and it turns out that Naro is talking about Mr. Sanjuin, who Usagi needs to warn Naro that is, you know, like an evil being from an alternate universe trying to take over the world. Yeah, and steal energy, yeah, bad that, vibes. That could yeah. be, a, a you know, something in the relationship to bring up. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it won't work out. Um, Rei and Ami... I like how these other scouts, whenever uh, Usagi's doing her thing, these scouts are, like, legitimately working on plans, like, in their little meetings, and Usagi is seldom ever there. (laughs) But she's here this time, and uh, Luna has this unfounded... She wants to give Usagi more responsibility throughout these episodes, so... Yeah, that's a recurring thing. Since she's Sailor Moon, we're gonna make her the leader, so she's forced to be responsible for a change. Yes. I don't know if I agree with this plan, but Luna never really strays from that path throughout the anime. Well, that's something... Is that... I'm assuming that's, like, a symbolic... Because, like, the moon is, you know, the closest celestial body to To Earth. Earth, But it's also not a planet. Yeah, but I, I... I, I get the whole is it because it's supposed to be because it you know it's reflecting light, I, so the I mean, light I guess you, bounces off of her and to the others. Sure, so she why needs not? To be the the go between. Like, I I mean that's what I was trying to think of with with the the symbolism, but I don't. know I if think that's... they just think the moon's a planet. So well, <laughs> and the sun is the king of planets. Yeah, so. I've never or the queen. Then, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> mm. Uh, Nephrite is in the Negaverse refusing Queen Beryl's summons, and this is the last straw. Queen Beryl's upset. <laughs> she, like, shocks everything. And then Zoocyte is just being camp and living it and taking it all in. Yeah. In the corner. Perched. And it is, and it is interesting that Nephrite can refuse a summons, because yeah. we haven't seen these demons, like, you know, like, they're not completely at her will, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, they can they can blow off Queen Barrel yeah. if they want. They can so. take a sick day, I guess. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Nephrite must attain an item, and Zoocyte gives Nephrite the skinny, sent by Kunzite, another masked king of heaven. 
uh, find the silver crystal first to redeem himself, says Nephrite, and Zoicide is just pissed that he would come up with that idea in the first place, because... Suicide feels that he's better than Ephraim. It's a very Dan Jonathan yes. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, trouble in paradise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I disappear in a puff of flowers as well. <laughs> um, more astrological antics. Um, Nephrite obtains the Dark Crystal, some Final Fantasy bullshit, and this Dark Crystal guides him to Naru, who may perhaps contain the Silver Crystal that they are searching for. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, we are supposed to assume that she is the... With, with what there's some sort of power lingering in there yeah. that the dark crystal is picking up because I, I kept thinking that there was going to be a twist where when nephrite was making the crystal it focused in on what he wanted mm. but i didn't know if that was a correct or not so if she if she has silver crystal powers i don't know but mm. <laughs> uh Zoicide is comforted by kunsite oddly enough this scene was cut in the korean dub gee i wonder why hmm it gets, um, explicitly gay here, <laughs> and it's fine. Uh, I guess... Well, That's the I subject mean, material. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's, like, the the dynamic, like, there's, I don't think there's any other way, like, ladies besides Beryl, yeah. so, you know, I, I, it's dudes, <laughs> being guys dudes. being dudes, yeah. I, I don't, because we only ever see, like, the, like, female underlings, we don't see, mm-hmm. like... Any mimbos no. or bimbos on their <laughs> level, so <laughs> it's true. No it, mimbos. They're divided, I guess. Yeah, um, but Kunzite is being comforted comforted by Zoicide, who says we could just steal the silver crystal after Nephrite finds it, and Zoicide sends the monster Yasha to Earth to carry out this deed and spy on Nephrite. Uh, Usagi struggles to tell Naro the truth. Uh, just ask Matoki instead. Um, so they go to the arcade to get some advice from Matoki. He's getting his Mac on with a lady at the arcade. Behind Usagi, Mamoru appears. I recognize this scent. And puts her on blast immediately. I like, uh, the animation on this because she's clearly done. It's like, she's animated in a much more cartoonish style. Yeah. Whenever Mamoru's around the corner. Um, let's all go to a cafe. Uh, as two dudes, uh, I just want to ask you, what do you do when your friend falls in love with a bad person? And Matoki's, like, um... You know, I wouldn't really tell anyone, and then Mamoru says, no, if you're a true friend, you should just come right out and say it. Yeah. And then Matoki's like, yeah, he's right, I guess. And Usagi gets some good advice from Mamoru, and um, proceeds to order everything that's on the menu. And we get a cute little scene between the the pair. Um, uh, Usagi goes to visit Naru, she blurts out the truth, not in the most tactical (laughs) way. She just shouts the advice and then leaves. Yeah, (laughs) she goes, well, deal with that, your man's evil, he's actually not human, goodbye! And Naru's, I don't know what the fuck to do with that information. Goes home, did all I can do. Yeah, and and, and Luna's like, did you just leave, you dumbass? Go back and tell her the truth! Uh, Naru, he's too hot, he can't be bad. So at night, suddenly, at Naru's house, the phone rings... And it is Nephrite, don't do it, Naru. He asked to meet at the park late at night, and Sanjuin just came to say goodbye. Um, it's kind of framed like he's working with a sinister organization that may be the mob, or, you know, Yakuza. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he's he's putting it in terms that, like, oh, yeah, my boss is gonna, is gonna you know, yeah, kill me if down. I don't get this thing that I need. Yeah, and, uh, of course, Naru asks, is there anything I can do? We get the evil smile. Well, there is a silver crystal. And Naru says, that's vague enough to be the silver crystal that my mom showed me a couple days ago. Yeah. Being that she works at the jewelry store, see episode one. 
and uh, like buddy in my hand <laughs> controlling these young girls' emotions. And I do like this moth fucking combusting and the imagery that <laughs> ensues. It's like Naro is the moth drawn to the flame. Yeah, but it's dangerous. Yeah. Um, Naro proceeds to steal this silver crystal from her mom and is caught red-handed. Um, instead of calling the cops, Naru bolts out of there, and Usagi is outside to check and catch up with Naru. She spies Naru's mother, and details are exchanged. Usagi rushes off and transforms in the middle of the street, might I add. Yeah. And no one seems to see this. Um, might I add, maybe add a little bit of more adults into the mix? Yeah. They could be helpful, seeing that you are, like, a middle school student. Um, according to the Dark Crystal... Naro is putting out tons of energy, and this crystal is not the one Nephrite needs. Um, Yasha lurks in the background, and Sailor Moon arrives. Uh, Taking advantage of a young girl's heart is a no good, says Sailor Moon, so you must be dealt with. Uh, Kind people don't blast people with cosmic rays, (laughs) Naro. So um, Nephrite proceeds to, like, almost destroy Sailor Moon as Naro is just sitting there chilling. Like, eh, it's fine. Ami and Ray arrive as Sailor Mercury and Sailor Mars. Um, I can't possibly fire with bubbles in my eyes, says Nephrite. Uh, Ami and Ray combine their powers. um, uh, And Mars almost makes Nephrite extra crispy. Naru is still hanging around. She leaps in the way of Sailor Moon's OTK, OP, Tiara. Um, Sailor Moon uh, commands the Tiara to stop, which it does. And we realize that Naro is doing this because she loves him, damn it. I love him. Yeah. And you're going to have to kill me if you want to kill him, yeah, you'll too. You'll have to destructo disc me if you want to get to him. So. Yeah. And uh, being that they're middle school students, they don't really deal well with killing human beings. And they're kind of at ends. But Yasha dips from the shadows, knocks the crystal from Nephrite's hand, and defends Naru. Uh, as, uh, as Nephrite defends Naru from Yasha... Uh, this is a drill horn Yomi who's kind of like a kabuki style. It's a goblin. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's one way. It's very like that. And then it transforms into like an Oni yeah. actor-esque. They're not around long. But a cool design because yeah. the drill horns and everything. So yeah. uh, Sailor Moon gets the best of Yasha with a backslash, sending it back to the Negaverse. And after the battle, Nephrite returns the stolen crystal and, neg- uh, and neglects his and Naru's feelings. So he's like, I paid my, my debt. By saving this girl. Yeah, Naru fainted, so yeah. she's not there, I think, when... Or she's not conscious when uh, Nephrite walks off. Mm-hmm. But we're just gonna let him go? Okay. And the silver crystal sounds familiar to Luna. Naru stirs a Sailor Moon wishes on a shooting star or falling plane, as Dan pointed out. If love is real, make Nephrite good, please. Yes. Yes. Mm. Well, next episode, episode 24, Naru's tears, Nephrite dies for love? <laughs> Spoilers much, Sailor Moon. Yeah, yeah, it's continuing that that trend. Maybe uh, don't give that away in the first two seconds of the episode. You know, yeah, I mean, it's a thing with these, with all these Saint Seiya, one, like, one Piece, they all do it. It's yeah. just, you know, so they know what event from the manga is happening in that episode, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Naro is depressed in a park with Usagi, struggling to come to terms with Nephrite as a bad person. She says, I'll never love again! Nephrite is casually trying to figure out why the Dark Crystal reacted in such a way around Naru. Could this be the human emotion of love? Psh. <laughs> nah. Nonsense. Maybe Naru knows uh, Sailor Moon's real identity, uh, and then Zoocyte, of course, dramatically overhears this solo conversation going on. Yeah. As is the Jonathan Way. 
Uh, Nephrite pays a visit to Naro in a nighttime. Uh, could the silver crystal be within the body of a human after a non-consensual magic scan? No proof to that theory, but yeah. gets a little creepy. It does, and he's also thinking in like very like I guess it wouldn't dawn on him that that she could embody mm-hmm. the silver crystal. Instead, he's like, is there physically a crystal yeah. implanted in her, and there there yeah. is not. So he's activate like, your body scan. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Naro awakes and Nephrite comes clean. There is no Masosin Sanjuin. There is only Nephrite. You've taught me how to love. Uh, the evil organization I work for has never dealt with this emotion before. Kind of like corporate America. Uh-huh. Ugh. Uh, I've changed, but just deploy for information. Naro is clearly crushed as Nephrite vanishes. Nephrite's still waiting for Naro to contact Sailor Moon personally. Zoicite chats with three monsters of the week and advises them to take Naro hostage to lure Nephrite out. Um, Usagi gets a little late-night phone call from Naru. Nephrite overhears Usagi and puts two and two together, because if you have, like, more than one brain cell on this show, you can figure out who's who. Yeah. Uh, finally, some common sense. Luna and Usagi rushes over with Usagi, but Luna is like, you're too slow, I'm running ahead. Hmm. And uh, Usagi transforms into Sailor Moon to deal with Nephrite in the middle of nowhere. And then Nephrite's like, well, you've just transformed in front of me. And I heard that whole conversation. So I know who you are, Usagi Tsukino. Yeah. And uh, of course, Sailor Moon is like, please don't tell anyone. It would really, like, you know, be bad for my gig (laughs) as a superhero. Um, Even though it's very clear by the way she looks. Um, Don't tell anyone person trying to murder me. Luckily, Sailor Moon avoids an onslaught of blasts from Nephrite as Tuxedo Mask appears. Uh, Nephrite hears Naro calling out for help. Now that I know your identity, don't bother me. And Tuxedo Mask just pieces out, so very odd all around. He goes, even though he knows your identity, don't let that stop you. Goodbye. Yeah, and that's another recurring thing, is that Tuxedo Mask has an understanding of things that we don't, yeah. Well, like, know. it's yeah. there to make, you know, her take care of her own problems, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Even though they arrive kind of late in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Zoicite leaves a note asking for an exchange for Nephrite, the Dark Crystal for Naru. Uh, Luna sees Naru being carried away by Ayoma and decides to alert Sailor Mercury and Sailor Mars. In an abandoned pool hall, which I forgot the name, it was like Ragtime. Yeah, Ragtime. Ragtime was the yeah. name. Just, yeah, I don't know. Three plant-based Yoma have Naru hostage and attack as soon as Nephrite enters the scene. We get this classic bar fight where he just waddles down the stairs and blasts these three Yoma away, pulls yeah. out a sword... Some badass moves that we don't see later on in the series. Like, tell Zosite to just yeah. fuck off. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, Nephrite rescues Naru. Officer in a gentleman style, Dan. How come you never pick me up like this? <laughs> uh, what's the song that plays? Uh, oh my god, you're driving me crazy. Take me- I, oh god. Mm-hmm. What, what is it? Mm-hmm. She get, goes and, he goes and gets her from, like, the... Taylor, whatever no, she's she, working in, like the factory. Yeah. Oh yeah. god, I forget the song. Mm, you'll have oh. to look it up, Dad. Edit it in later. Work, yeah. <laughs> um, as long as you're by my side, I can live with a lie. Okay, so it's like I'm gonna see past your dark, evil past, and we'll be fine together. Yeah, it's very middle school junior esque, but whatever. Um, Nephrite is injured, they hide in this park. Show Mama some skin, baby. That shirt is ripping off in a very Provocative way. Yeah. Um, maybe I can do that. And Naro rips her own pajamas to dress Nephrite's arm 
uh, wound, which is an important factor in these episodes to follow. Uh, they talk about chocolate parfaits, and since, you know, Nephrite is a being from the Negaverse, he hasn't had one before. Yeah. But Naru says, perhaps we can get one. And then, just a sweet lie. Sometimes, you know, the little lies we tell us are good lies, Dan. Yeah. Mm. It is a cute scene, but, yeah. you know. And then, like... Do evil organizations give you days off? Mm. Uh-huh. And Nephrite has to laugh. But Amazon does not. So. Yeah. Is this a date? I don't know. Um, suddenly, in a very shocking twist, an ambush as the Yoma from before fucking impale Nephrite through the shoulder with electric greenery. Um, they put down, what the fuck? Uh, Zoocyte appears, and he's like, die, traitor. And <laughs> over the dark crystal, and we won't kill the girl. Uh, Naro tries to rip out some of the thorns through immense pain. She succeeds, and this is very well animated. She's freaking out. She's crying. Yeah. Everyone's kind of, like, against her. Like, as a human, you shouldn't be able to do this, but through the power of love, that's the power of love. And it's actually, and it's actually much less, like, we see that she's able to start, because when she goes and grabs the, the thorns as a human, it, like, starts, elect, like, shocking her. Mm-hmm. But we see that she manages to start actually pulling them out. But the other, like, the Yoma notice that. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, you know, just just kill her, too. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know. We still don't know what's up. But she has some kind of resistance, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoocyte scoops up the Dark Crystal. And the Sailor Scouts show up just or not in the nick of time to see that uh, Nephrite has been mortally wounded. Um, do, 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 uh, you buy the cherry bombs. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> Hello, daddy. Hello, mom. Cherry bomb? Yeah. The, the yeah. One of the plant ladies, uh, like, cherry and, and shielding Naru Nephrite is, is mortally wounded from yeah. that. So. And the Sailor Scouts arrive. I do like Ami's line here with douse yourself in water and repent. Yeah. And then Dan's like, Marsha, just say, I'm going to fucking set you on fire. Yeah. But she doesn't. She says, I'm, I'm going to discipline you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the old one, two, three, combo, fire soul, moon tiara action, rinse and repeat. Uh, Nephrite uh, dying after these Yoma have been defeated uh, will keep Sailor Moon's true identity to himself, which is kind of like his last noble action. He apologizes to Naru. Both are crying. Moon Sonata music box is playing in the background. And then Nephrite just dies. He turns into, like, stardust, whatever, but dies. Mm-hmm. And he will not be seen again. Yeah, okay. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, it makes it more impactful, probably. Yeah. So. And he leaves his bandage behind, and Naru and the scouts are just weeping. I guess there won't be any chocolate parfait now. And technically, this is the mid-season finale, so a good place to end. Mm-hmm. With tonal shifts and stuff. Um, interestingly, according to Drawing Board Kuhn, the entire Naru x Nephrite plotline slash romance does not exist in the manga at all, but seems to stick around in other adaptations. In the manga, Nephrite is taken care of by the best girl, Sailor Jupiter, who I have a feeling we'll be seeing real soon. Also, Zoocyte is distraught over the loss of Nephrite, so they don't have that funny... Like cat antagonistic, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Caddy game that they play in That's interesting. the manga. And I just like that Jupiter comes and just nukes him. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Episode 25, one of my favorites in the series, Jupiter, the powerful girl in love. Uh, A little bit of drawing board facts, despite the episode was based on Act 5 of the manga, uh, the wedding party, which, if you remember, Sailor Moon had, like, found the Princess of Genovia or whatever. Yeah. That was, like, an episode before this. That was supposed to be Sailor Jupiter's reveal. She was supposed to be walking outside the party going, like, what's going on in there? Hmm. Um, but, uh, was earlier used in episode 16 of the anime series. Uh, also, right after she awakens, Sailor Jupiter just straight up kills Nephrite. So. Okay. Fun. Yeah. Fun, fun. Uh, kind of baller, if you ask me. So, we, we start with this opening, which, there are sometimes it doesn't totally work, 
Hi, I'm Usagi Tsukino, and repressing your emotions over your friend's near acquaintance death is a-okay for this episode. Yeah. We're not going to bring it up. Um, um, we will deal with that in the next episode, Teehee. Uh, in the Dark Kingdom, Queen Beryl is still offering energy to her great ruler, an eldritch being known as Queen Metalia in the dub. We did not get that name dropped here, but that is her name. Oh, yeah. a, a medal rules over the, the gems. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. We're going Bloodborne, y'all. <laughs> so, Grant, if you're listening, this is an episode to pay attention to. Um, seven great monsters with seven rainbow crystals, new MacGuffins. So essentially seven great monsters were, uh, defeated by the moon kingdom and then reborn as humans on earth and kind of within them are seven rainbow MacGuffins that when combined together, the silver crystal, the main MacGuffin will be revealed. Yes. And that's kind of the next arc that this series is going to follow. We have to find these seven rainbow crystals before we progress the story. Yeah, the chaos emeralds. Yeah. Yeah. They are literally the chaos emeralds. Uh, Usagi is late and runs into some street toughs, and then we get wee wee best girl alert! <laughs> it's Sukaban incarnate. It's Makoto Kino! Oh, she's big, and she fucking kicks ass. Oh, wow. She has a rose-shaped earring, and she's so cool, and Luna senses something. You think that the fourth time Luna has been through this, she could piece together like, this is clearly a sailor scout. Yeah. But... Who knows? Yeah, you don't want to hand it to the wrong person, so... Yeah. So, harp on uh, Mo- Makoto right here, Dan. What do you think of her? Again, I, I like her. I like the dynamic that, that you know, we're, we're getting the clear five-person band together. Mm-hmm. You know, Usagi is the hero, Rei's the smart one. Oh, no, no, uh, Ami, is, Ami the smart is the smart one. one. Rei's, like, the lancer, and then... Uh, uh, Makoto is is the tough one, mm. so I it's all coming together. I yeah. like it. So uh, Usagi is late and runs into some. St- oh wait, I just read that. Sorry. Um. So uh, Luna senses something in Makoto. Queen Barrel explains the game plan of reviving the seven great monsters to Kunzite and Zoosite. These monsters were sealed away, fragments, yada yada. I have transfigured this dark crystal to track down the rainbow crystals now. Yes. So there will be a new monsters of a week in the form of a human that we have to like terrorize and transform to snap the crystal out once they're together we can proceed forward with our plan uh usagi eats lunch and sees makoto snacking at the same school she's actually a transfer student according to amino Uh, she got kicked out of school for being such a badass actually i'm not a big eater so they they get to talking there's rumor in hearsay that she was expelled from her old school for fighting but in the manga it's revealed that this is kind of like an utena storyline she got expelled because she wouldn't change out of her school uniform Oh, she liked her school uniform, so it's like a kill the kill Utina through line okay. in all our magical girl okay. that makes rewatches. Sense. Yeah, yeah, and she's like she's sensitive at heart because Usagi sees that even though she's tough, she has like a lot of cute things and she cares a lot about relationships with others. Yeah, and that makes sense if she is the she, if she is the muscle like that's usually how that character is because mm-hmm. she's less hot headed than Rei. Yeah. So Usagi, yeah. even though she's not a big eater, compliments everything Makoto has with her and Makoto's like well I made this myself and they get to bonding there's like an instant friendship between these two that I really like like Ami is kind of like out of her league because she's way smarter than Usagi and then Rei is like I'm not dealing with you when I don't have to but Makoto seems like a closer friend to everyone and again not to harp on the tropes but that is usually how it like the 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 hero in the the zero zero um five yeah like like the hero in the in the big one usually like 
for some reason, like, they are usually the, the fastest buddies or pre-existing as that. So, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting how these things recur all the time. But, mm-hmm. yeah. At the arcade, Usagi and Makoto are just chilling. There's some quiet burns between the two of them that are, like, shady friend jabs. Uh, Luna brings in Amy and Ray to scoop out Makoto. Usagi and Ray have a mean off. Uh, the more you argue, the closer you are. Um, another good snipe from Makoto. A commotion as a resident game pro <laughs> is showing mastery at the claw game. Glad to see that reincarnated Yoma is putting their skills to work. And this is none other than Joe, the crane game troll. <laughs> He's a master at that crane game. Oh, reminding me of a certain someone. Yeah, getting all the plushes so no one else can have them. Oh the God, the, the rare ones. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just like me and a certain someone, I fall instantly for this. <laughs> he reminds me of someone. Uh, my old boyfriend. Well, yeah, and to put it in context, he is, uh, he's using, we can see that he's using, like, psychic powers to manipulate this crane game. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that these these reincarnated people have always existed with some, like, hint that something is off about themselves, but they haven't, you know, obviously yeah. they can't pinpoint it, yeah. but they have, like, residual powers from being what they are. So. Yeah. So, in Rude Home with his plushes, Joe is stalked by Zoicite. Let me put this crystal in ya. Zoi! <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before. Uh, Joe yells in pain as the red rainbow crystal reacts. Uh, they do go in color order because, I don't know, OCD, it makes sense. I guess yeah. they track Roy G. Bibb style. Uh, Mako arrives and just proceeds to kick ass. She doesn't need any superpowers. She just fights Zoicite, this being from the Negaverse. Yeah. With her bare hands. Uh, she throws off her rose earring and lands a blow on Zoicite, who is like, the Jonathan, you've injured my beautiful face. <laughs> this isn't the end. Uh, Joe is just angry. Uh, Luna and Usagi are walking by and felt an evil aura from Zoicite. Uh, duh. Uh, Mako follows Joe as his bodyguard. Joe is a dick, but we all fall for that shit. Am I right or am I right? <laughs> I like the heartbreakers. Joe goes for some coffee alone and needs his life alert. Seeing Mako, he beckons her inside the cafe. So he's, like, dealing with, like, heart palpitations. Like, yeah, this as, crystal wants to come out. Yeah, as it's it's already been started, so it can't stop, yeah. I assume. And he reveals that ever since I was a kid, I've had telekinesis, and I've used it to cheat at crane games. <laughs> and Mako's like, isn't that cheating? No. And, uh, He's gotta flip those plushies. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, Zoicite is just a waiter chilling out in broad daylight at this cafe that, you know, these people's memories aren't erased. There's like yeah. a, psych- a psychic being going on here. Yeah, yeah. Destroying property. Um, Usagi steps in, and it's not very chivalrous to abandon a lady like that. And then uh, Joe says, giant girls aren't my type, and I say blasphemy. Yeah, Netflix is tall girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I want to do is see you turn into a giant woman. A giant <laughs> woman! Uh, Zoicide gives chase, and Mako, even when upset, follows to give a piece of her mind to Joe and Zoicide. Zoicide snatches the rainbow crystal, and Gameson emerges. Yeah. Describe Gameson, Dan. Uh, well, he can only say his name, but he's like a dude with a lot of metallic accents, and uh, he's got a Mega Man arm cannon yeah. that, uh, you know what, he actually kind of looks like Lord Zed. Mm. He looks a little bit like Lord Zed, but with, like, game-themed apparel, and he's got a cannon on his arm that can produce uh, the Crane Game, Crane, game, crane and another whack-a-mole, yeah, whack-a-mole uh, hammer. Yeah. So he's game-themed. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think the Yomar are going to appeal to you from now on, because yeah. it definitely goes into, like, the literal Super Sentai tropes, yeah. and, like, that's going to be the part of the episode that... Dance Corner. I would hope, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dance Yoma Corner. Uh, but Zoicide introduces himself as one of the four Dark Kings of Heaven. 
Game Saiyan is arcade-themed Power Ranger villain, uh, attacks with a whack-a-mole hammer and extend a claw. Mako fucking chucks Gameson, not transformed yet, just arrives, puts him over her shoulders, and chucks him into the bushes. Yeah. So, badass. Revealing Sailor Moon as her personal hero. Uh, Luna gifts another pen. Mako is Sailor Jupiter, and she has power over lightning and a cool antenna tiara. That and, fits. And it makes sense, because it, it's like... a lightning it, rod. Yeah, and it, it, it even with, like, it, since Jupiter's surface is, like, it has no, it, you know, it, it has only like a, a negligible surface mm-hmm. but it has a lot of storms so lightning makes sense also biggest planet biggest yeah. sailor scout and zeus so yeah makes sense yeah um so she pops out oh wait sorry uh she uses supreme thunder or supreme sunday as sailor moon overhears it <laughs> um but jupiter has power over lightning cool whatever uh before the final blow luna says that sailor moon must heal this previous human because it's a kid's show and we don't kill humans yes we're the good guys uh, she pops out a new accessory, one of my faves, called the Moon Stick, which is just a moon on a stick. Yes. Yeah. Iconic prop. By now. Yeah. Um, she pops out the new accessory, and she uses the words Moon Healing Escalation, which causes Sailor Moon to kind of heal the Yoma, transforming them back into a human with a rounded figure, and then they have to shout out Refresh when they are healed. Yeah. Every time. So it's a, a quirky thing. Uh, but Refresh and Joe is back. Four Sailor Guardians found, just one more to find our princess. And since you have the Moonstick, Usagi, you are now our leader, Sailor Moon. Even though Usagi doesn't really feel comfortable with that, back at the arcade, Makoto is introduced to Matoki and is smitten again, oh brother. Yes. Just a, a quirky end to meeting our, yeah, so our girl. I guess Mako is hopeless romantic. Oh is... yeah, baby. Okay. Yeah. She's the best. And our final episode of today's podcast episode, episode 26, Restore Naru's Smile, Usagi's Friendship. Uh, Tuxedo Mask slash Mamoru uh, is having a Moon Kingdom dream, a very thinly veiled Usagi-looking shadow figure, who, I don't know who that could be, Dan. Who knows? Who knows? Right? It could be Ray. That mysterious bunhead that's up there. (laughs) Um, Ask Tuxedo Mask to find the silver crystal. Only then will things become clear. He wakes up. Who is she? What is happening within the Dark Kingdom? Beryl asks Zoicite to continue adding to their rainbow crystal collection. The next one is in, uh uh-oh, a hot priest. Yes. Um, At school the next day, Usagi laments on Naru's suffering and absence from school for a week. Uh, they talk about chocolate, chocolate parfait. We get a flashback to Naru's suffering from previous episodes, and she will visit Naru with Umino just to check in on her. Uh, Naru is still emotionally withdrawn. Umino, Umino brings up chocolate parfaits and like, did you lose someone in your love life, and just the topics you shouldn't be talking about. Yeah. And then the move, which I think is like, you know, people coming out of a funk and trying to get out there in the world. Naru is like, Usagi, let's go out somewhere. Yeah. So she's making the steps to heal. Um, Uma, oh, sorry. Uh, at the shrine, the rest of the scouts are doing the actual work again in their team meetings, talking about Usagi um, and how they need to find the fragments of the silver crystal, aka the rainbow crystals. And uh, Luna catches them up that like something's going to happen. They're going to transform into monsters. Like these people who have the crystals within them, they have to be beaten. Otherwise, the Dark Kingdom is getting both a additional force member and a step closer to finding the Silver Crystal. Yeah, which is like the power to wipe out a planet. Yeah. So. Um, said all that. Mike Mako is snap- sniping Ray's badassetry. Uh, the Moonstick will track it down, but U- Usagi, since she possesses it, might use it as a hammer or something. And that's kind of showing, like, split screen. Like, she wouldn't use it for that, and she's literally knocking open her... A piggy bank. Yeah, <laughs> with the Moonstick. 
Um, and Luna really wants to make her the leader, leader, even though it's just a title. It will give Usagi some responsibility and confidence. Rei is against it, and she has this moment where she's like, you're against it too, right, Ami? And, like, fucking pinches her. Yeah. <laughs> and Ami's like... Oh, yeah, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Wait and see. <laughs> um, but since Mako has known her the least, it's a good idea that maybe she should get to know her better. That way she can, like, help influence the vote. Um, so she calls up Usagi saying, like, we're having this important meeting. Would you like to hang out? And Usagi, even though she has important things going on, she's like, no, me and my friends are hanging out in Chinatown. I can't come today. Bye. See ya. Yeah. And then they're all like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so in Chinatown, Mako decides to come over and Naro is distracted by a cemetery and is crying. So maybe not the best place to visit, but she is openly grieving. So you need to get it out some way. Yeah. Um, when Umino and Usagi are fighting, Naro runs off and meets with a pastor in the middle of this graveyard, uh, sauntering through the cemetery. And she asks for some advice on grieving over a loved one. And uh, this pastor is like, well, you don't seem that bad. Did he believe in Jesus Christ? <laughs> Yeah, he implies that. Like, yeah. oh, I, th- I think he was saved then if you loved him, so. Yeah. Uh, Nephrite, yeah, no, and then right behind you is where you will find love, so Naru turns around and it's the fucking man who killed Yeah, the man she loved. It's you Nephrite. Rec- she recognizes that Mimbo is the one who summoned the plant lady, yeah. so. <laughs> Uh-oh, it's suicide. Uh, Naru recognizes Nephrite's killer, Usagi's moonstick is picking up a signal, and immediately Luna is there to explain the rainbow crystals to her, and they run to track down the signal to the moonstick. Uh, Mako is in Chinatown, is also running, running, running over. Uh, Zoocyte brings out the dark crystal. Uh, Naro is in danger, so Usagi transforms. Even though no one sees, she's able to transform right there in the cemetery, standing on a gravestone. And uh, Pastor is not really doing anything. Zoe, Pastor is beamed, revealing the orange rainbow crystal and the monster Boxy. Yes, uh, and, a literal, literal boxer uh, yeah. demon with uh, big wings yeah. and uh, like taloned feet. It's like a harpy esque. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but why Boxy? Does he have a boxing past? Did he like that's fight? The only thing, and I, this is a stretch. This is this is a general assumption. Mm-hmm. Make an ass out of you and me, as we often do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that if he was a Catholic priest, oh. then he was like. He he was like uh, he was a transplant from like America or something, mm-hmm. and he had a, a boxing career, and then because he shouts out English words when he's yeah. fighting, so I'm going to assume that he's like an English priest who's visiting Japan instead of just randomly being in a cemetery. He's he's there doing mm-hmm. something. Because um, even at the end when he's restored, he gets like the the proper vestments yeah. and stuff. So I'm assuming that he was like. Uh, like a priest who... A boxer turned priest. Yeah, a boxer turned yeah. who did, turned away from violence. Yeah, that or he pulled the sister act. Yeah, <laughs> and, but I, I don't know how that relates to... I'm assuming like it's like an angel, like a corrupted well, angel I thing. Well, I would say there's a corrupt angel thing, but in an episode we get like that we won't be seeing, there is a benevolent character that turns directly into an angel, Yoma. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I don't I, think they would use the same trick twice. I don't... Like, I feel like... We were due, like, a throwaway line where, like, the priest was like, oh, I yeah. I used to have a rough life, but I was redeemed. Yeah. Through Christ. So, yeah, so I don't I don't know if that was supposed to... It was, it was, it was an odd choice. Mm. I was expecting, like, a... Like a like a tombstone-themed, yeah. or a, a pumpkin king, or I don't know. But you know, it, statue theme. I'd love a good statue. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that would have made sense, too, but I... I don't know. I don't know why Boxer. Yeah, <laughs> so. It was quirky. God damn's attention. So, um, the 
orange crystal shoots away out of the pasture and is lost to Zoocyte for a second. Sailor Moon uh, doesn't box, but you know who might. Um, and there's tons of, like, religious parallels that he's shouting, as Dan said in English, so it's like, I am the King of Kings. Yeah, King uh-huh. of Kings, what? Super what? Punch. Yeah. yeah. Um, Naru is saved at the last second by Umino from a fatal boxing blow who dives in, and then Tuxedo Mask swoops in to save Sailor Moon. Gentlemen embrace, they don't knock out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty women. Uh, Sailor Moon sees a music box that Tuxedo Mask has dropped while he's fighting, uh, Boxy. Uh, Mako arrives and transforms into Jupiter, and she easily defeats Boxy with a quick bolt, destroying his boxing gloves. Uh, Sailor Moon heals the pastor, and he is reborn in a different, complete white outfit change. Yes. So his sins are forgiven by the power of Sailor Moon. Yes. <laughs> Does Sailor Moon sell indulgences? I don't know. There's um, some religious debate in this episode, I suppose. No, there is merch, so. Yeah. Uh, tuxedo Mask iconic move Zoicide looking for this little crystal on the ground Tuxedo Mask goes this crystal and then just beats out of there just goes bye I'll hold on to this yeah (laughs) books it out of there Uh, Sailor Moon is just happy to be saved by Tuxedo Mask and then with the rainbow crystal Mamoru is beginning to recognize his role as Tuxedo Mask and come to terms with his forgotten past Uh, Naru bandages Umino and Nephrite's bandage in Nephrite's bandage so it's like you've gone on I guess Right, that she gave oh, the bandage well, away. Well, yeah, because oh, yeah, yeah, because Omino did save her, so yeah. it was it was like he, you know, maybe it showed Naru that you know other people are are going to be there for you to help you through this and mm-hmm. you know save you even yeah. so. And then Usagi and Naru are just chilling on this bench, listening to the music box that Tuxedo Mask has dropped. It is a familiar tomb for Usagi. Hmm. Uh, and Mako and Luna look on and sees that, you know, even though she's not the most responsible person, she does, she is a good person. Yeah, she cares so, about her friends. Yeah, so. so that's, like, the best leader quality to have. And then Usagi is just fading out. Cool bridge scene with, like, a parallel of, like, night and day bridge mm-hmm. that, like, fades. It's just good 80s artistry. I, like, hear a lot of pastels and pinks and whatnot. Yeah. It's a beautiful anime. Yeah. And with that, we go, Dan. We finished the Naru Nephrite arc halfway through season one. I will tell you, things do pick up from here, so mm-hmm. if these feel a little bit slower, um, we do get to the plot, because we have literally half the season left to go. Well, the plot is thickening. Yeah. I, I like the idea like of, good these, soup. <laughs> of these Chaos Emerald monsters so far, so, mm-hmm. you know, and the team is is starting to become more complete. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing Sailor Venus eventually. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I know. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Well, Quality as always. I mean, what's more to say on Sailor Moon? <laughs> uh, we'll keep this a short and simple episode. Dan, is there anywhere that our audience can find us on social media? Uh, you can follow me uh, at King underscore Danis on Instagram, as well as our adjacent Anime Was Not a Mistake podcast account and our Facebook page. Mm, and you can find me, Jonathan Gwykowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drink and Read JK on Twitter. You can also find me on TikTok. All the kids are into TikTok. Yeah, they are, yeah. Right? It's a good marketing strategy. Yeah, <laughs> you can listen to my other podcast, Drink and Read, which is a War and Peace recap podcast, mm-hmm. or Nightcaps of the Theater, where we look at goofy movies a la The Sinister Six with my friends Mark and Matt. Mm-hmm. On most podcasting platforms, as always, remember to rate, review, subscribe, and listen. We know you're out there, and we would love your opinions on anime yeah. and such. Just don't be hurtful. And, you know, tell Dan why Mako is the best girl and Ray isn't. And, well, it, it does. It's important to us. We love doing this. Mm. So if you're out there listening, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. 
And uh, Dan, what are we watching next week? I'm excited. Well, for the sake of keeping, uh, you know, keeping our entertainment value going, uh, I wanted to... Uh, this next episode, I was debating where to put it. Mm-hmm. It's been bumped around a few times. Um, it is. It was inevitable, but uh, I figured it would have the most oomph, the most pizzazz mm. here, uh, because thanks to Sinister Six, we had two weeks in a row of casino-centric oh, movies. Oh, I know what's coming. Um, so, of course, we will be teaming up with the Straw Hat crew. Again. As they uh, as they take on Guild Tesoro and his gambling-themed uh, cronies on the gigantic ship that he calls home. Uh, and if they're going to bet with their lives, we'll see if they make it out with all of their chips I don't have good analogies for, for gambling. The, the booty, the booty <laughs> pun was right there, Dad. Hold on to your booty. Uh, you with all it. of their booty intact, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, luck be um, a pirate tonight. <laughs> but uh, you know, it will be a jazzy journey. So we hope you'll join us for One Piece film gold mm-hmm. jackpot, baby. <laughs> Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcasts in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our weeb horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast, or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara.